Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we've done an interview with the uh, proprietor of the website BanterLoud.com. BanterLoud, and this gentleman is Lucas Temple, very interesting guy. And I've spoken to Lucas before, and I was impressed with a lot of the things that I heard from him. He's a guy who's just recently got married. He's going to be having his first child soon. And he's got a lot of traditional ideas about marriage, relationships, and large families, and kind of a uh, an interesting counterpoint to what you normally see out in the popular culture about, you know, never get married and never have kids and, and, and all the rest of it. So um, Lucas is kind of a traditional guy. And for a guy in his 20s, I was always impressed. He seems like he's got his, um, you know, his, himself really squared away in his ideas and his mind right. So I wanted to talk to him. And hopefully you'll get a lot out of this interview as well. So if you just bear with me for a second here, I'm going to see if I can raise him uh, on the phone, and then we'll go right to the interview. And we are back here, and this is Quintus Curtius here. Welcome back to the podcast. And I have with me right now Lucas Temple. Lucas Temple, who is the proprietor of the website BanterLoud.com. Lucas, are you there? I'm here. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, listen, what I, what I, you know, I, I really appreciate your coming on uh, the, the podcast here because just from reading some of your posts, I think that your background and your goals are very different from what we, a lot of readers and listeners normally see. I mean, from what I understand, you know, you're married now and you've got some plans on how you want to structure your family environment. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what's, what's going on in your life right now? So, um... Right now, uh, I'm married. I just got married about two months ago. Uh, we now have a kid on the way. Uh, All right. You know, Congratulations. You know, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're getting started fast. My wife wants a lot of kids. I want a lot of kids. You know, we've made family our number one priority. And uh, well, Let I mean, me ask you this. The... How, how did you uh, – one of the things that I've often asked, you know, guys, mm-hmm. like how, how did you decide that you wanted to have kids was that something you always wanted or did it did it gradually come to you after you got married or like right before you got married how how did that how did that decision process carry through for you it uh started a long time ago actually um i was homeschooled for a few years i always went to private schools and uh a lot of the homeschooling families i noticed they had big families eight nine kids Uh, I, i was shocked and uh, some of it comes from the idea of what was called the quiverful movement, where you have essentially as many kids as possible. And um, what I noticed was um, if you wanted to build a legacy, you need children. Yeah. And I noticed who's having kids and who's not. And if you want to defeat the ideas of the SJWs, you have to outbreed them. And yeah. luckily for us, you know, they're always, you know, praising abortion, <laughs> wanting as many as possible. And I'm like, by all means, please abort your kids. It'll be that much easier to outbreed you. Right, the right. exception, though, is that we can't send our kids to the public schools. We have yeah. to homeschool them. We have to either you know come together and basically educate our kids. Or else, if you bring up your kids in the public schools, they'll become indoctrinated with that worldview. And it's all yeah. about worldview from a young age. Well, just the standards are just not anywhere. I mean, I went to a small town public school um, in mm-hmm. New England, I mean, my like graduating class in high school was less than like a hundred, but I mean, those days are over. I mean, like this, I just think the safety is not there anymore. The quality of the education is not there. I mean, if I had kids, I wouldn't want them anywhere near a place like where I went, you know, I mean, it's, they're just, they're just dead end places. You know, they're just, there's just nothing, you know, you're, you're not, 
you're going to get, like you said, you're going to get indoctrinated. You're going to get, um, uh, you know, your ears stuffed full of nonsense, you know. So I, I think that's good that you're doing that. Um, so, so how did you, like, how does homeschooling, how does that work? I mean, what do you, is there books that you buy and then curriculum you've got to go through? Or is it just on your own? I mean, how, how, how does that, you know, how do, how do you structure that? Hmm. There's plenty of options. Uh, there's some big homeschooling conferences in the next place. Like Illinois has one that's usually held uh, in DeKalb at the, uh, I think it's NIU up uh, down there from where I live. Right. But um, there's groups. Like I went to some groups where, you know, there were certain subjects where, uh, there were, you know, people would help tutor. But uh, I had curriculum. I had curriculum set aside. And uh, it actually my more serious homeschooling started when my dad got more involved. And yeah. uh, this was later in high school. My last three years of, home, of uh, high school, I homeschooled. And he would have me get up at 7.30, and I went to 5.30. And it was structured, wow. you know. I took a typing class in the morning. Then I took a rhetoric class. Then I took a <laughs> oh, worldview one. I would uh, take an hour and a half of Latin because my dad right. wanted me to get a start in the Romance languages. That's something about you that uh, I noticed. I'm like, <laughs> he self-taught himself Latin? I was, yeah. I was blown away. But it all starts with yeah. the classics. Um one of That's the guys he really liked. That man, I really loved. I knew there was something about you, man. That I just, <laughs> I, I knew there was something. I couldn't put my finger on it. That's great. That's great. But you know, and um, it's called the trivium approach. But uh, one of the things I did is I went through a series of what was called modernity lectures. This is a guy by. This is a guy who's a. He's a Presbyterian, but uh, he kind of uh, opened my eyes. You know. As I was listening to these lectures, and I loved them, they were interesting. You know, this guy's got like two PhDs. I think his name is Dr. George Grant, and uh, it kind of he kept commenting a lot about how a lot of these brilliant people in history got their starts by reading the classics. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and these these guys, kids, they'd be 12 years old, they could speak multiple languages. I'm like, how how is this happening? You know, how are they able to do this? Like, I think it was, um, was it John Adams or John Quincy Adams? Uh, yeah. One of them could write, uh, what was it, uh, with both hands at the same time on two different subjects. You oh know, and like, you, you, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, in two different languages or something. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, how do we bring up kids like that? And I believe it has to start at an early age. Like, yeah. my plan is uh, I'm having a son. So I'm like, cool, you know, I can start that off right away. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, okay, music, you know, you, you want to, music is very good for brain development. Uh, language as well, kids can learn a lot of language quickly. So you want to invest in that. You want a good starting structure for, uh, let's say, English, even with mathematics. I mean, I yeah. went to, uh, yeah. when, when I was out of kindergarten, I went to a Christian Liberty Academy when I was really young. And I could read the newspaper by the time I was out of kindergarten. That's how rigorous it was yeah you know yeah so i need to be able to do the same thing well you know that's what i think that was like the idea behind a classical education you had the muses you know the i forget i think you know you had mathematics music rhetoric um probably you know maybe history or languages i mean there was like a like six or seven muses and i i i know like math and music and and um you know rhetoric were in there and and the others i they escaped me but um, I just think that's great that you're doing that because that's, I guess it's like the, the typical, just the opposite of what sort of the young people today are out there spouting, you know, like be single forever and go out there and just, uh, do, do pointless, non frivolous nonsense for the rest of your life. And you're, I guess you're taking a, um, a, a whole different approach. And I, I think maybe that's going to be the model for the future. You know, maybe we're going to go back to the traditional model.
and we, we need support systems to do that. Like my parents are willing to help out quite a bit to help educate my kids. And my dad brought me up with this vision. And it, it's called, we have to have a multi-generational outlook. We, can, we might not be able to beat the SJWs in this generation, but if we keep laying a foundation where our kids have these, you know, have a similar worldview and they have kids and they do the same thing and they educate them, you know, yeah. that is where you have to start. It's cultural and it's over the generations. And I mean, I had, um, okay, so I, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 25. Wow. I mean, I had a couple opportunities before, but I was too scared. Like, I, it took me a while to realize, hey, I'm a good-looking guy. I, I can I can do this. And <laughs> I, I kind of discovered, I think it was Return of Kings, uh, was one of the sites I discovered. And I loved it because it was provocative and controversial. And I've always loved that shit. Yeah, like, I've hated, yeah. I always did hate sites where they had these crazy comment moderation, nothing that's offensive, racist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, anything can be offensive. Who the hell determines this crap? Right, you know? Right. And I, I loved that. And, um... I, I learned a little bit of game, and within uh, like two years, actually, correction, about a year and a half, I went from a count of zero to like ten girls, you know, That's and awesome, I was man. That's I was great. going nuts. But within about a, a little over a year, I was like, I'm I'm bored of this. What what took Roosh as long as it took him to kind of you know discover as to whoa, you know, you kind of burn up on the hedonistic treadmill, so to speak. Right. You're like, there's there's got to be more, you know. That only took me about a, maybe a year and a half. And it was with that mindset that I went in with my wife, and I was like, okay, I need to find a very certain kind of girl. I'm looking for wife material, not, you know, fuck buddy per se. Yeah, yeah. And you how know? did you find – was this somebody that, like, how did how did you how did you meet your wife? Like, what, what was so, the story behind that? We both went to uh, the same school. We went to a Christian oh, university. I worked there. It was a good job for me, you know. And um, I, I met her, and <laughs> – we originally started off as more like a friends with benefit situation, and my, my wife hadn't really slept with anyone, you know. Um, That's <laughs> you know, I worked my magic. I was like, boom, you know. And as I got to know her and talk with her, I, there was a lot of our things that started to align, you know. And right when we started dating, I, I told her kind of my intentions. I'm like, your marriage material, you wow, know. We talked great. about, you know, ideas of, you know, kids. Would we homeschool our kids? You know, what kind of family they wanted, you know. And I, she kind of knew a lot of my views, you know, I, I didn't hide these from her. Like I just read her the other day, uh, what was it? Roosh's uh, article and she understood his point perfectly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, was your, was your family, did you come from an immigrant background or, or were you like, you know, my grand, you... my grandparents did. Um, that's great. Well, the only my... reason I ask is because I know yeah. like on Twitter, like you've got, um, I guess your Twitter handle is Armenia forever. Or, and I thought maybe you might be from, you know, I'm, uh, I'm half and half. So I'm half Armenian and I'm half a combination of different uh, European background. Oh, great. Uh, and I became very proud of both, actually. Probably my Armenian more. And then I'm like, wow, I, you know, I could trace my family history and my dad's side. My dad is white. My mom is Middle Eastern Armenian. You know, so, so basically what Rush is, you know, Armenian yeah. Armenian. Yeah. You know, and um, I became very proud of it. You know, the survivor attitude. Plus, it always allows me to play identity politics. You know, I can well, play the genocide card. Yeah, well, you've <laughs> got to be, you know, people should be proud of who they are and where they come from. I think that's a great thing. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I've, I've looked at your, your site here, uh, and I noticed, like, a lot of your articles, you kind of emphasize that. I get that sense it's kind of like an independence mindset and a, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe do-it-yourself is the kind of the wrong word for it. But you know what I mean? You're kind of like a... <laughs> a free spirit type of mindset is that i mean what, what would you say the main themes of your blog if you can think of uh, is to live life 
um, it, it kind of an adventure per se, you know, and you know, that can be in fatherhood that can be exploring the world. And, uh, I mean, all the, uh, one of the things I, I grew up reading is all these, these great stories. Uh, I did, I wasn't allowed to really watch TV until I was in like fifth grade. Wow. So my primary form of entertainment was reading books. I read different words of action. I loved military history, the whole like time life collection and all that, you know, and I loved, yeah. you know, and yeah. that kind of built within me, uh, you know, a, a sense of, yeah. uh, I, I could see, um, basically people live their life you know and oh i want to do my life and i went through a kind of period where uh everything's vanity i'm like man why bother we're just gonna die you know and i've always been very philosophical on it but i couldn't read the surface right down there as also a little fluffy like well, you know, i still don't know how to do that like when it came to citizens i was like ah oh, you're losing me now you know <laughs> but i you know yeah yeah well i well we all have our moments uh but uh no, that's that's great, Lucas. And I, I knew there was something about you that I was connecting with. I could, you can just maybe just, and just from hearing you talk, I think I would have liked a lot of the same books that you did, you know, growing up. And and that's that's kind of really what what inspired me when I started writing. I, I felt like you know you know I, I want to write the type of book that I wish I had when I was, you know, reading about you know these things in the beginning. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of said to myself, you know, I I, I wish. You know, I, I wish there had been, when I first started getting into a lot of this stuff, you know, years ago, you know, when I was in my 20s or earlier, you know, like I, I want to put something together that, that, um, that I wish that I had had, you know, and I guess that was just kind of the motivating, motivating factor. I think a lot of guys are like that. Oh, absolutely. And the amount of literature out there that's good is, is declining. And uh, a, one yeah. of the issues is just attention spans. Like I, I look at, for instance, your work and I'm like, wow, there's some great quality here. And uh, one thing that Cernovich always said is quality matters, and it does, but clickbait usually gets more attention. And, you know, I'm like, why, why don't people look at this, you know? And it's because it's, it takes time. You, it's not mindless uh, entertainment. Like, yeah. for instance, when you, serve face, when you serve Facebook, it doesn't take any real brain power. It's just easy kind of on your, uh, you know, on your mind. But when you really read into yeah. a book – you know, and I, I've I've done this before where I'm reading and I'm like, what, what did I just read? I have to read it like three times. I have to reread it to understand what it was. And I notice what the older the book is, you know. Yeah, you've got to follow the train. You know, it's funny. No, it's it's and that that's the real frustration or the the big, I guess, conundrum of the modern, you know, situation is you know what the, that trade off between quality and accessibility. You know, I mean, if you're you know, I did a post on that today on my own site, just basically talking about the perishability of knowledge. It's like the the knowledge and the stuff coming out now. It's all digital. It, it's gone literally in in, it's it's gone almost instantly. And yet, books in the old days they were either paper or you go back farther, just parchment or vellum, and that stuff lasted for thousands of years. I mean, is our stuff going to be around? I mean, is is the mo we can't even read emails from 20 years ago, man. <laughs> We can't even read emails from from 20 wow. years ago. Never mind stuff. Uh, I'm seriously, you know, it's all digital. It's all it's all perishable. It's like you almost wonder if we are in a dark age right now, and yet we don't know it. We just we just don't know. We're it. almost stuck in um, where there's so much information we can't find what's important. We're so swamped. Right. It's like we're drowning in water. You know, searching for you know the good water, you know the the, the filtered water, and we don't know where it is because we're we're in the sea. There's water all around us, so we can't get what we want. And uh, that, that's I think the next frontier. Like my interest has always heavily been journalism, and I uh, 
I did actually quite a bit of, uh, I, took, I took a lot of classes. I'm actually, you know, maybe 20 credits away from finishing my degree up. You know, I'm like, man, I should take some night Great. classes, you know, but I'm like, what am I going to do with it? You know, and I look at journalism now and I'm like, do I really want to sell my soul? You know, and it, it always interested yeah. me. Like my professor was this uh, old school um, English teacher. Uh, I love her. You know, one of these women, like she came from South Africa. So, she, you know, she doesn't have access anymore, but, you know, yeah, she was yeah. rigorous. You couldn't use words like do, stated, no semicolons, like all these crazy rules, barrier setting right, structure. Right. I'm like, what? You know, and the kids in the class are like, this is impossible. You know, I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just, but I, I'm thankful now because it made me a better writer. And uh, I remember writing some papers for her, you know, and she loved them because I would go in depth, you know. I actually cared about the subject. But uh, it, it kind of revealed to me over time <clears throat> just how bad the state of journalism is now. You know, I don't think we'll ever recover. Oh, We're yeah. back to yellow journalism of the 1900s. That's essentially what it is. And oh yeah, it's all it's all about emotional arousal. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's all about. I mean, I think I think the only way to be maybe a good journalist is be kind of like what these freelancers like you you read about, like the you know the guys who go to dangerous parts of the world to report on conflict zones, and you know the near or the you know the guys who go undercover and you know, some group somewhere to, to learn about, uh, you know, the, I don't know, you know, you name it. You know, he goes, the, I, I think, I think you've got a, the adventure journalism is probably, uh, the sole places where I think you can have some integrity. But yeah, if you're, if you want to work for these major news outlets, you've got to churn and burn. I mean, you've just got to just churn out the, 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 the bullshit. And that's one of the issues is, um, I look at, uh, for instance, like the manosphere, the alt right, what do we not really have? We don't, and it's not just us, it's a lot of places. There, there's very few actual journalists. Look at all the pieces that come out. They do essentially what bloggers yeah. do. I mean, you look at links, you watch videos, that's not actual journalism. There's no actual interviews. You didn't go to somebody, you didn't interview them. You didn't do like research by, you know, talking to neighbors. There no. is none of that anymore. There's not actually real journalism. And uh, well, that's kind of what I like somebody, what Forney did, you know, at least, you know, in Iowa, where he's going there, you know. Yeah, he's about the closest thing, and he does actually. I think he was a. I think he studied journalism, if I remember right. I don't know exactly what his background is, but I think he, I, I think he was or, or is a, a bona fide journalist. But I think, I think his his model is probably the only way you can do it and keep your integrity. I think he because he works for himself. He doesn't. Yep. He's not doesn't have to answer to anybody. But um, no, I agree, man. I, I'm you know it's. I tell you what, we could uh, we could talk for hours. I think <laughs> we and, could. Um, but I really appreciate your coming on and, and uh, talking with us and giving the uh, listeners a chance to learn a little bit about your philosophy. And you're, you're going to have to come back soon and let us know how the how things are going and, you know, how um, being a dad, uh, uh, how all that develops. I think it'll be a, a learning experience for all of us. Oh, absolutely. But um, anyway, Lucas, uh, listen, have a good uh, have a good weekend here. Keep the fires burning and um, we will talk to you soon all righty all right take care and that will conclude our interview with lucas temple of the website banterloud.com we hope you enjoyed it i know that i did and until next time we hope you stay safe and sound here this weekend and if you enjoyed this podcast i would ask that you go to itunes and rate me on itunes to help others find this podcast And this was brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Publications. And until next time, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.